podcast dedicated to growing up as a TCK and how we're dealing it with it now that we're adults. Um, mm-hmm. And today we're going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart, more food. <laughs> uh, we're actually going to be talking today specifically about savory snacks. Uh, we will be keeping mm-hmm. sweet snacks for another episode. Um, but mm-hmm. savory snacks. Marcus, what's your favorite savory snack? I know that's uh, that might be hard putting you on the spot. Well, <laughs> the one that I always come back to and the one I always miss is this Japanese one called kaki no tane or kaki pee, which is basically, it's a very small rice cracker called a senbei and it's mixed in with peanuts and they're one of the best things ever invented. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. They're, like, if you think of your favorite crisps, it's got nothing on this thing. It's just <laughs> such a brilliant idea. It's kind of got the slightly spicy sort of flavors. It's savory and it's just it's perfect like it's just perfect as a snack it's just like there's nothing else quite like it they're just so good and it's like every time i go back to japan this is it's the one thing that i have to find and you the thing always is my parents have to come have... over yes my parents come over they have to bring them with them otherwise it's not worth them coming <laughs> i'm joking about the last bit you're like yeah it's really like, good genuinely. to see you um where's my snack <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, one of my favorite snacks of all time, and I've only recently discovered it since I started living in Buffalo, is something called all dress chips. Have you heard of those? Uh, no, I haven't. So this is a specifically Canadian flavor, and because Buffalo is really close okay. to the Canadian border, we get certain mm-hmm. like flavors that only Canada can get. Like sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes we can get like ketchup chips, which are huge in Canada. Um, oh. There are literally chips that are flavored like ketchup, and like almost all the different chip brands in Canada <laughs> have it. Um, just like the all dressed chips, it's a flavor, and then all the different brands have their own like slight differentiation between it. But the idea mm. behind the all dressed chip is basically like if you were to have a sandwich and you had it all dressed up, this is what you would put in it. Oh. So it has like vinegar, salt, uh, mustard, barbecue. Uh, kind of an oniony flavor. Uh, it has a little bit of Ooh. a garlicky flavor. It's like mm-hmm. sweet and savory, and oh, it's so good. I really can't even explain it. It's it's almost like eating a sandwich, but as a chip. That does that does sound quite good, actually. It's amazing. That does sound good. When you come visit, I'm making you have all dress chips. You have no choice <laughs> in this. <laughs> yep, fair enough. I'm willing to do it. They're so Not so good. I'm joking. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that I like really, really like that I know are quite unique. I know when I was living in Japan and Paris, um, I didn't really living with my family. We never really had a lot Mm. of snacks in the house. Um, Mm. If we had snacks, they would be chips. And even then we would be very like, very careful about how much we had. My mom was like very, my, both of my parents were like, we don't really snack in the house. We have meals. Okay. Mm, mm. Um, Unless it was like, we'll have some fruit or maybe like a cheese plate. Um, But it was never like, there's just junk food in the house. No. Um, Mm. But I remember when I lived in France, one of the flavors that I became obsessed with was um, poulet roti, which is roast chicken. (laughs) And it's very specific to France. Um, They have roast chicken chips. It is shocking how much it tastes like roast chicken. Like, it really does. They do it in, like, a rotisserie as well. Like yes. This, like, like, the yeah, chicken that yeah. you have in a rotisserie where it turns around and it, the skin gets all crispy on the outside, it tastes exactly yeah. like that chicken. It's amazing. Bit of a tangent, but the thing is, is that in Japan, there was a Carrefour, 
Oh, yeah. And I swear that they had one of those rotisseries in there, didn't they? They did. Where you could buy one. Yes. I'm, it's not just my memory to playing <laughs> tricks on me. Like, like, oh, that was a car for in France, but not the one in Japan. But like, genuinely, they did have that. And that's just immediately, I was kind of going, I know what you're talking about. That's what it is. You were like, and those I things have are amazing. the image. <laughs> yes. And if it tastes as good as that does, then that's well worth it. Oh, they are oh so good. It's very hard not mm. to eat a whole bag of those chips. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're just so delicious. I'm actually like kind of salivating just thinking about those stupid mm. chips. Um, <laughs> I think some of the other chips that I really like got into uh, when I started living here in the States was um, Voodoo Chips, um, which mm-hmm. I don't know if the company is actually from Louisiana. I can't really remember, but it's a very specific flavor. It's kind of similar to the all-dressed chips where it's kind of vinegary, kind of barbecue-y. It's mm-hmm. spicy. Mm-hmm. Um they're amazing. Um, I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be like a Louisiana made chip. And then they started like branching okay. them out and sending them to other states. Um, they're not the easiest thing to find. That's why any co- time I can find them, I buy at least two bags and I'll hide one from yeah. myself. So I forget I own it. <laughs> and I don't just like Hoover a bag of chips and then open the next one. I like try and space it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love those freaking chips. They were so good. I think the reason, the other chip that I really liked, and I know it's very popular in England, is the sea salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar crisps, yes. Every single brand <laughs> has one of those. Like, there's, because there's like, different supermarkets in Britain, and some supermarkets have their own special one that they have for themselves. Tesco, the supermarket Tesco, has its own kind of salt and vinegar crisp. Mm-hmm. So you've got everything from like Walkers is one of the p- famous ones in Britain. Walkers are the real McCoy, real McCoys. Those are the two sort of like slightly cheaper ones that you can get, mm-hmm. and they both have that flavour. Um, kettle chips are some of the most famous. Oh, ones. I Those love are, the kettle yeah. chips, sea salt and vinegar. It's so vinegary. Yeah. It like makes yes. your mouth like, like your face kind of puckered. That's how vinegary it is. <laughs> oh, it's so I good. Think they use- I think the thing that's kind of becoming popular is using cider vinegar rather than a sort of like a malt vinegar or something like that. Hmm. Uh, it does make a bit of a difference, but not that much. But I mean, it's it, I think it's kind of it's cider vinegar is kind of kind of like oh yeah, you know, it's a little bit more um, flashy. Well, I think uh, one of the reasons why that it's so popular is that when you get fish and chips, one of the things they always offer you whenever you get fish and chips is they will give you a bottle of vinegar and you put it on the chips and i think for a Mm -hmm. lot of people we think especially here in the states you get served a side of fries you're getting ketchup that is what you are getting if you want anything else you have to specially ask for it um but i think in the uk it's vinegar like if you are getting a side of fries you are automatically getting vinegar you may get ketchup and salt oh yeah yeah yeah, you may get ketchup. Remember the salt. Some places will also automatically give you mayo. Um, I know in France mm. they do that. Uh, that's fairly popular. If you get an order of fries, you get a side of mayo too because that's how the Belgians do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen also fairly frequently getting ketchup automatically. But I remember when I went to visit uh, London the few times and any time I went and got fish and chips, it was like the bottle was like automatically paired. I was like, oh, your fish, yeah. here you go. Here's some vinegar. <laughs> Yeah, it is a real thing though. Yeah, salt and vinegar is 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 a really, but it does work. I mean, oh, it's it does perfect. Work. Yeah, it's so it does good. Work. I love it. Um, I wanted to get into a type of a savory snack that I feel is like the most savory because it's literally a form of meat. Uh, one of my favorites is uh <laughs> squid jerky, which is 
really popular in Japan, and I had never had it until I went on a car trip with my parents. We were in Hokkaido, and we stopped at a Mm. local uh, fishing village, and they offered us squid jerky. They also offered me a box of juice that, because of the image on the box, I thought it was apples. Nope, it was apple vinegar. That was a rude um, thing to offer a child who was like, yay, apple juice. (laughs) Nope, vinegar. Enjoy your juice. Oh, no. I was so mad. And they were laughing the whole time. They were like, ha, 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 ha. I'm like, you're evil. You're evil children. (laughs) The words that just come out of your mouth. You're just like, no, I can't say that. Not in public. (laughs) Nope, not in front of children. (laughs) When I'm a child myself. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. I, I came to love squid jerky. It's so good. Yeah, it's such a strange thing. You can buy you can buy that sort of thing in shops like it's dry squid. I don't know whether you could describe it as jerky, but you can get it and you can buy it in the shops and the like in a convenience store, they have it there. Mm-hmm. It's 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 ubiquitous. It's like there's a lot of things. They have a lot of stuff like that. I mean, like they have snacks with like kind of these like nuts they would have. I mean pretty much everywhere sells nuts as a snack really, don't they? But I mean Onigiri, like, you could have... always get onigiri yes. at a convenience store. Anytime you yeah. go to they in their in Japan they're called konbini, which is my favorite. Yeah. Um but any konbini has a bunch of onigiri and I cannot tell you how many times I was in rehearsal at school when I was living in Japan, we would all get hungry all of a sudden and we would send someone out to buy a bunch of snacks for the cast mm. and I always asked for onigiri. Because it's yeah. so easy, and it it's rice, it's seaweed, and then a little bit of a filling in the center. So it's like a mm-hmm. just a good amount to like curb your appetite, but not totally fill you up. So if you want to have yes. an actual meal later, you can. And the thing is, it is healthy. I mean, that's the thing. Is it is it is. Well, I mean, it depends on what your what your filling is, but I mean, as, as you say, it, it is rice and seaweed, and those are going to be good for you. And then my favorite one was the ume one, which mm-hmm. is like a. Umeboshi is a kind of pickled plum. I know that probably sounds really weird to a lot I, of people. I, I can't believe you like Umeboshi. I hate Umeboshi. <laughs> that was my favorite onigiri, though. I'm not getting another kind of onigiri. That's the one I'm getting because I'm just going, this really... I was in Japan at the beginning of 2020. I was fortunate enough to be able to go. And that was one of the things that I have to have one of those. <laughs> I don't care. I'm getting one. It doesn't matter. I so I could never get behind it. I I really couldn't. I uh, tried so many times to have umeboshi, and every time I had it, it was like an instant like body reflex. So I was just like, I can't eat this. I think the thing is, is that maybe it's one of those things that because because obviously I was there when I was very small, so it would have been one of the things I would have been introduced to very very young. Mm-hmm. So it's probably partly that because I remember I used to just like go in and actually eat them. Mm-hmm. I loved them so much I could just pick them up and eat them. That's how much, it, and it's such a specific taste. I think that's the other thing. I would snack on that kind of thing. I don't know <laughs> why, but I did. And the thing is, that they do taste really good. I like them. I really, but they are very sour. Yeah, very sour. They're incredibly sour. They're it's. There's no way to explain. It's basically like taking a lime, putting salt on it, and then eating the whole lime, but it also tastes like a plum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I think that's incredibly sour get. and salty. It's but the texture is how would you how would I describe the texture? I'm trying to think of something else. That's it's like it's it. like a dried plum that has gotten a little bit more moisture in it, so it has mm, a little bit a of bit. a bite to it, a crunch. Yeah, but I mean the thing is, they also they also the inside tends to be a little sort of disintegrate a little bit. It's quite soft on the inside once you get into it. I'm trying to think of something that would have a texture that's like that that people would know. 
I suppose it's kind of a similar texture to kind of a tomato almost in a way. Like the flesh of the tomato has kind of got, it's similar to that. It has, I think, once the tomato's cooked, it kind of goes a bit like that. Oh, yeah. No, I can see what in you're In terms of the texture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I would say probably like a tomato. That's the closest texture I can think of. Yeah. It's, I would say the, the skin yeah. on the outside has a little bit more uh, resistance more than robust. a tomato yeah. would. Um, but yeah, I think that would probably be the closest. Um yeah. But oh my gosh, I, I loved Onigiri. I they were so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you could get them anywhere. And you were like spending, what, I mean... Hyaku yen. 100 yen. 100 yen for an Onigiri. They would range, I think the most expensive ones would be like 200. And that was usually because mm. it had like actual meat in it. Or like a more yeah. expensive ingredient. Yeah, and like a hyakuen is how much in a dollar? US dollars? About a dollar, yeah. <laughs> about, so give, UK, give or take, maybe. give or take, but it's about a dollar. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know what the exchange rate from Britain is now, but I mean, if uh, it's probably maybe like 75p or 50p. I don't know, it depends on what the exchange rate is now. I mean, I can't remember what it is. It's been so long since I've had to work it out, but like they're really cheap and it's pretty substantial in terms of like, you think you spend 50p in Britain on something and you might think you might get a certain kind of chocolate or something like that. This is a thing of like, well, I don't know how many grams it would be, but it's it's sizable. sizable. I would say having one onigiri would be like having a. <sighs> I don't know how to explain it, it. It's one of the things with like snacking that I think is really important. Snacking shouldn't become a whole meal. Snacking should be no. like an in between when you get a little bit peckish between mm. one meal and another. You don't want to totally fill up. And you just want to feel satisfied. And I would say having yes. one onigiri can do that for you. Because it's it's rice, which is pretty filling. Mm-hmm. It has seaweed, not that unhealthy. And then it usually has some sort of filling that has either protein or, like you said, with umeboshi, it's pickled. So yeah. it, it feels on the healthier side. Um, I'm a huge fan of them. I miss eating them all the time. Um, I think so another thing... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it's a quick sudden thought because like in Britain, everybody's kind of like sort of like over the past couple of years, yeah, we love sushi and all that sort of stuff. And this stuff is not like real sushi, but what it is like, it is like an onigiri. Yeah. What they should do is ditch the sushi idea and just turn it into an onigiri. And I bet that would take off because then you could go, yeah, this feels more authentic, but that would be such a good idea rather than the sushi, you know, just do an onigiri. Yeah. It would work. I bet it would sell. They're so good. Uh, even just the rice tastes good, man. Mm. Uh, another thing that I really liked, and I actually came to love it when I was living in South Korea, was um, dried salted seaweed, which I remember was always called kim, um, and uh, it was like it was it was very crunchy. Um, I think it was actually cooked in sesame oil, so it actually tasted a little okay. bit like sesame. It was paper thin, so as soon as you bit into it, it would start falling apart and crumbling it wasn't like um seaweed like nori that you get in japan where you're going to use it Mm. to roll up sushi um so it's a little bit thicker and it has it does it's not as salted kim is like wafer thin super crunchy a little bit of oil because it's cooked in the sesame and then it has Mm -hmm. like actual salt that's um sprinkled on top of it that was probably my favorite snack i ever ate when i was living in korea yeah, because I remember like nori was one of those things that people would eat, and like that's from the Japanese perspective. I do remember that, and I really like that as well. Never used to have it that much, but when I had it, I really enjoyed it. It's so good. It's one of those funny ones you don't think about, isn't it? 
It's it's a flavor that kind of has a little it, what the Japanese term is umami, which is umami, yeah. which is that like kind of proteiny flavor. Um, and it really satisfies. Like like yeah, like mushrooms. It yeah. really satisfies that because um, seaweed does actually have some umami in it, and there's actually mm. quite a few Japanese um, soups and stocks that use kombu, which is a different type yes. of seaweed, as the base of the stock, and that's because it yes. has that umami flavor in it so you don't need mm -hmm. to put as much in the stock to give it that like robust flavor so i think that's why yes. seaweed chips or like dried salted seaweed packets are so popular is because mm -hmm. it satisfies that kind of craving for protein without necessarily maybe even wanting to yeah. have protein oh they were so good yeah uh, is it because they're also talking about the seaweed one in japan they had like a um using the word chips because i would normally say crisp being british but yeah we call them chips uh they had like they were called calbi as far as i remember calbi like naughty flavor yes they yes. were really good they were and the bags actually were full they actually had more crisps than air <laughs> just saying that's one problem in the uk the bags are full of air i know they do the same thing here in the states and it drives my yeah. partner and i totally nuts um but yeah, I was actually going to also mention uh, jagariko sticks, which are these super mm. thin potato sticks. I don't even know if they should count as potato sticks because they are <laughs> basically air. Um, one of the most popular flavors is what they call salad. And it has like flecks of potato mm -hmm. and like other things in it. And it's really good. Um, it, it, it's like eating a chip basically, but... In a stick form, and it's made out of potato. <laughs> <laughs> but I love those, and I also was a huge fan of, um, I even eat them now, um, having edamame. Um, I love yes, eating edamame, yes. especially when they're hot, just a tiny bit of salt, not too much. And mm -hmm. it, it I think part of it is also the fact that you're kind of playing with it. You have to eat it with your hands. Yeah they're so fun pop them out of the pod and all that sort of thing and it actually also kind of like takes you time to eat them unless you have them already shelled which in my like to me that's like what's the point in eating them i like mm. them already with the shell on it and then you like pop the pod in your whole pod mm. in your mouth and then you use your teeth to push the pods mm. out of the shell they're so yeah. good and they really like it takes time to eat them too so it like gives you a chance to like pace yourself as you're snacking so you don't like mm -hmm. eat all of them at once well a lot of japanese restaurants they bring them out as a sort of like an early thing as like a, like um like an appetizer you know mm -hmm. like they just have them there just like so you can eat them and it tends to be like the first thing that you kind of get i remember that and of course as being when i was a small child i do remember accidentally firing one or two beans across the room once or twice <laughs> um you know when you try and squeeze it and it's just woof, and like oops wasn't meant to do that sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> i didn't mean to hit you with a bean <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but another flavor that i i like and thankfully you can find them super easy here in the states is wasabi peas although i always found the wasabi peas in japan to be way more intense the few times oh, yeah. i had wasabi peas when i was living in japan they were like it was straight up like eating real wasabi. I find that here in the mm. States, it's a little bit more on the horseradish end where it's not that super intense spiciness yeah. that you get. It's a little bit more on the like, it tingles. It's not like, yeah. when you eat wasabi, this is the best way I can explain it. It feels like 
it goes up your nose through your sinuses yes. around your skull and like down your back that's what it feels like eating wasabi i think the closest thing i can think of is mustard that does that same sort of thing oh like english mustard like if you've got a strong coleman's mustard is the one they have in the uk and if you if you were to use that that's the that's the feeling you get it really blows your head off and it's like so if you've got a blocked nose best thing to do get some wasabi oh yeah and i think it's interesting that you talk about the horseradish one because I think in the UK they actually do use horseradish instead of wasabi, so it's not actually wasabi. Yeah, it's something they call wasabi. They do the same thing here in the states because yeah. wasabi is technically in the same like family as horseradish, mm -hmm. but like real wasabi is incredibly intense. <laughs> yes, it yes. is very powerful. <laughs> I love it. You only need a small amount. You only need a small amount. Yeah. No, you really don't yeah. need much. If you get like sushi made by hand by an actual sushi chef. The amount of wasabi they put is actually very little because it's only mm -hmm. supposed to like slightly enhance the fish. It's not supposed to like yes. kill your brain by eating it. <laughs> it's just supposed to slightly enhance the flavor with the spiciness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting when you come to the U.S. or when you have like cheap lower end sushi and they give like huge mm. amounts of wasabi. And it's because it's not the like straight up wasabi. It is a a more dulled version of it so you need a lot more to yeah. get closer to that experience yes i mean the one thing i will say in britain that they get right with the sushi and the little because i sell them in little packets now and they can buy them they actually do get the ginger pickle right mm -hmm. that's like you can't really snack on that though i suppose you kind of would eat that with other things so i suppose it doesn't really count as a snack yeah either, i wouldn't eat could, that ginger by itself you... um because it's really usually usually used at least in japan it's used more as a palate cleanser in between what mm. you're eating um it tastes good though i mean if you really wanted yes. to have like a ton of pickled stuff you could probably just eat it but <laughs> japanese pickles i mean generally there's i think they're some of the best in the world i mean i don't oh, yeah. you know like that but they do things a bit differently i mean the only way i can think of to get something that's similar you can kind of do it at home but it's a bit it's a bit complicated i actually it's kind of a salt and vinegar trick yeah weirdly that but like if you get some like um doesn't really i suppose you could turn it into a snack if you wanted to especially in summer but like if you get some cucumber i can't remember how i did it but i think i just put a, like a tiny bit of salt on the cucumber and i got the japanese um mirin which is a kind of what they call rice wine vinegar sometimes people call it like sushi uh what do they call it sushi garnish or sushi flavoring whatever See, over here they call it that which is a bit more complicated than just saying mirin um, <laughs> anyway uh, that's just me but if you put a little bit of salt on the stuff and then put a tiny bit of meat on that's kind of you kind of get the same sort of effect because i'm sure I that they use meeting in the brine yes yes yeah uh, meeting is an amazing cooking agent that's so, so you good could, you could make yourself a small snack if you wanted to out of that oh man i just love i love pickles from japan um and then one other one i wanted to mention because i truly don't remember if i had this but i'm pretty sure i did because i lived there and it's like the snack of guatemala it's called tortrix and it's basically like mm -hmm. a brand and they have all these different flavors they have like sea salt and lime and they have like spicy Ooh. um but they're like the chip of guatemala like you go anywhere okay. you will find tortrix and um I remember when I was living in Guatemala, we never really got to try it, but um, just because my mom had gotten a stomach bug a couple of times, so we were always very mm. wary about buying food um, on the street. Um, 
But there were a lot of people who sold street food. And a lot of times they would sell things in literal, like, small plastic bags. Um, So it was really popular. You would Mm -hmm. see kids with, like, um, paletas or, like, ice cream. Um, They would have them Mm -hmm. in little plastic bags. You would also see um, juices being sold in plastic bags and then just a a Mm. straw in it. Um, But I remember getting a lot of – seeing a lot of kids, like – grabbing those kinds of snacks and getting really excited about it. And me always looking yeah. at it, I was like, oh, that looks like fun. And then my mom would be like, absolutely, you're not allowed to buy that. I was like, <laughs> okay, well, never mind then. Um, I do remember my mom. Okay, this is a totally random memory. I remember my mom uh, being, we would get visited maybe every other week uh, by this guy who drove a truck. And in the back, he had a bunch of coolers that were filled with ice mm-hmm. and all of these various fish and crustaceans that he had caught that morning. And my mom Mm. would give him like a little extra to come and visit us on the days. He would visit us early on the days where he would catch camarón, which are these really big shrimp. They're like tiger shrimp. Um, They're huge. They're they're like the length of your forearm. They're enormous shrimp. It's like a miniature lobster. Like a lobster almost. They're almost like a lobster, but it is a shrimp. It is a shrimp. I've eaten that kind of thing in Japan, but I don't know if it's the same thing. But my, yeah, I know what you're talking about. My mom large. basically bribed this man to come and visit our house <laughs> early whenever he would catch those so that we could get the first pick. And my mom, every oh. time she would get them, she would cook them that night. They were so good. How, how, did, you, how did she cook them? Uh, I think in just a little bit of butter, some garlic, and lemon. My mom was like, when it comes to like mm. fresh seafood, she goes very basic. Because oh, yeah. the flavor of the fish usually is so good, if you put too many things on it, you kind of mask the natural flavor. And then yeah. what's the point of getting a really fresh fish? Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, my mom would go super simple. She was also that way with duck. Whenever we would get duck, my mom oh, no, yeah, you would literally just throw it in the oven. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no spices, nothing. Just throw the damn thing in the oven, let it cook, and it was perfect yeah. every time. No, that's 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 how you have to do it with duck because it, it's got such a strong flavor in its own. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is if you do anything to it, I think you could easily ruin it. Chicken, I think the thing is with chicken because it's a bit of a tangent, but with chicken, like we referred to last week, um, <laughs> the thing is is that they um, the best the problem is it, it dries out really quickly mm-hmm. because it doesn't have the fats on the breast. So the thing is that you've got to. Um, the trick I was told is that you, you pull the skin up off the, off the top of the chicken, then you put like butter and stuff on the inside of that. Mm-hmm. You flavor it however you want. Then you put the skin back down and roast it like that. But with duck, because every, all the fat is on the chest. So yeah, it's, it's going to have that flavor. I know a friend of mine who would, um, instead of putting butter, she would do mayo. And apparently it made the chicken mm. like really moist and flavorful, which, I mean, that sounds great. I. I, I love roasting a chicken. I'll be very honest. It's yeah. the easiest thing. As long as you know the temperature it needs to go in, you are literally throwing mm-hmm. it in the oven and not doing a damn thing. It's the best. No. Like, you have an easy it's couple great. nights dinner, especially if it's just you or you and another person. You're not going to eat that whole chicken in one night. I mean, unless it's... I will eat the whole okay, chicken. Okay, okay. Well, Marcus... <laughs> I will. <laughs> Marcus will eat the it's whole chicken. Treat, that's why. Yeah. I'm a bit odd, so... <laughs> is that your snack a whole chicken <laughs> oh i could do that oh yeah. my god yeah i'm not going to buy one after this <laughs> i'm joking if you do i want photographic evidence yes 
Um, but yeah, no, I I like savory snacks. I think for me, mm. I I enjoy sweet snacks, but a lot of the times I find myself craving more of the savory stuff. I feel like it's a little bit mm. more satisfying. Sometimes with sweet snacks, it feels like you just want to have more. Like it's very hard to get to a point with sweet yes. snacks where it's like yes. I'm satisfied. You just get this feeling of like I want more sweetness. Whereas with savory, I feel like after a bit, your body's like, I'm good. I'm, I don't want yeah. more. I This is satisfying. I think the thing, uh, there was something I was watching a while ago. It was actually a very good t- series. I don't, know if it's, I don't know if you can get it in the US, but it's on the BBC and it was called Hidden Killers in the Tudor Home. Mm. And it was talking about sugar specifically. And they said that one of the big problems that happened when people in Europe were first able to get hold of sugar for the first time, because they didn't really have a way of getting hold of large amounts of it before they were going over to the Americas and basically putting people into slavery and getting them to get sugar for them. Um, but once sugar started coming over, the thing is that what sugar does is it has an effect like a bit, well, it has a drugging type effect on people. So it makes you feel happy mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So the thing is, that's probably why you can keep eating it because it's kind of addictive because you feel happy. It induces that kind of thing. But the problem with it is, of course, tooth decay and then eventually diabetes and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I don't know how many people in Renaissance Europe got the chance to die with diabetes. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But tooth decay. Yeah. There were probably a lot of other factors that were killing them off before it was diabetes. Oh my gosh, Marcus. (laughs) But I mean, I don't know how many people would get it. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, like, yeah, sugar was a serious killer. Um, Because in the medieval period, they didn't have it like that. (laughs) I can't look at you when you say that. That was so funny. No, they they definitely were dying for many other reasons than <laughs> diabetes well, killing them off. Um, apparently, one of the top things for killing people was drowning. Um, oh boy! In England, anyway. That's not funny, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. But it's it's a little <laughs> funny. Um, it's so long ago; it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we were talking about snacks, and then we went on a very different yes. tangent. Well, um, there's another funny one because um, you know every does, they, everybody knows Doritos, don't they? Oh, please! Doritos originated in the United States. Yeah. One of my favorite things was... is actually going to other countries and seeing what flavors they have yes. because they sometimes have like really weird, interesting flavors that we do not have here in the states. Yeah. The thing is, is that it, again, is quite a funny one. Is this talking just about snacks particularly? Is that um, there's a comedian in Britain called Ross Noble. Mm-hmm. I think in 2012 he had this joke where he he had this idea where what he would do is he'd get a lot of his followers on Twitter to go and kind of like ask useless questions to like a big company or something like that, and one of the ones that they went for was Doritos. <laughs> so were, this is all like stuff apparently that the people were sending, and somebody sent a message that said something like, "Dear Doritos, I have a much loved family pet moth who's recently been in a terrible accident and lost a wing." Do you think one of his one of your cheese corn snacks could be used as a prosthesis to allowing him to live a normal moth life? <laughs> and there was another one that apparently somebody sent, which said, "Dear Doritos, I recently purchased one of your packets of snacks, and one, upon opening it, I found that one of the snacks was broken. <laughs> what is your returns policy?" <laughs> I just think it's it just you're just going, why why does Doritos have a Twitter account? Like, <laughs> apparently they do. I think it's brilliant. Oh man, that's so funny. Oh my gosh, I. I that's one of those snacks where like once in a blue moon I get a craving for Doritos. Mm. Um, my partner became obsessed when we would go to Canada all the time. Mm. 
Canada had a flavor of Doritos, which you cannot get here in the States. Actually, you cannot get it in Canada anymore, which really upset oh. my partner. It was called, like, a pickle. It was a dill pickle. Mm. They had a dill pickle flavor Ooh. that is probably the best pickle flavor chip I've ever had because <laughs> it was pickle, but it was kind of creamy. It was almost like a ranch pickle mm. hybrid. Right, yeah. It was so good. Even I was a fan of it, and I'm not crazy about pickle chips, um, like pit chips that are flavored like pickles, um, and because um, pickle chips is a whole other thing here in the states. Um, but right. chips flavored like pickles, uh, I never really liked them until I had those Doritos. And then one time, we, one of the last times we went to Canada, my partner went looking for them. We went to multiple WalMarts, multiple convenience stores. Nowhere had it. And finally, it got to the point where my partner legitimately tweeted at them, was like, what did you do? Did you get rid of the pickle chips? And they were like, yeah, no, this is no longer a flavor. And he was devastated. He was devastated. And that's the thing is that basically when Ross Noble, the comedian, asked the question, why has Twitter got, why has, why has Doritos got a Twitter account? There's somebody going online and going, ooh, I better find out whether those cheesy ones are still tangy. And apparently it's important. <laughs> it is. It's, it actually is necessary. <laughs> Especially oh for consumers God. like my partner who love those pickle yeah. chips and they're gone. You cannot get them. They <laughs> are no longer around. They are a deceased chip and it is very upsetting. <laughs> oh, no. It's always terrible when that happens, isn't it? Like, I don't know. There was like... Yeah, they, they kind of in Britain they kind of like make get people excited about the loss of a kind of flavor of crisps, and you're kind of going, yeah, but it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> Everybody says that the crisp flavor is going to disappear. Big one was prawn cocktail crisps. Do they have those? No. In America? No. Oh no, prawn cocktail. That's probably something very specific to Britain, but they have Walkers. I don't. I think Walkers crisps might be the only ones who make them. Interesting. But prawn cocktail is like it's like prawns with like a mayonnaise type thing on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's like when you look at it, you kind of go, Ugh, not really that keen. The crisps are like, I think it's a really acquired taste. It's interesting because, particular. like, the closest we have is like in the US, a shrimp cocktail, but a shrimp cocktail here in the States has like this like tomato horseradish sauce that you dip the shrimp oh, into. Yeah, it's not yeah, no. mayo y, it's like a tomato based sauce. Mm. Yeah. But um, we do not have that flavor as a chip. No. No, because I remember like having to serve. Well, not well. I mean, taking prawn cocktails out to people in restaurants and stuff like that when I worked in restaurants, was like, I'm just like, no. You want to eat this? You can. <laughs> yeah, but people, but there's actually genuinely a uh, that you can kind of like buy little snack pots of prawn cocktail in Britain, in places. Well, that's another snack you can have some prawn cocktail. Yes. <laughs> so, well, since we were talking about sort of like seafood jerky earlier on, there is one one fun fact I learned. Apparently, beef jerky comes from peru or initially that's because you have to dry the meat because there wasn't necessarily the way of like keeping food the best way of keeping food was basically to dry out because on top of the mountains and stuff like that so you can't really um make you 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 can't really keep hold of stuff very easily so they dry it out and the word beef jerky like the word jerky comes from a a, an old word for chaki so the inca invented it and we've taken their word interesting it's actually an inca word for for but we call it jerky, but it actually comes from a word apparently chalky. I just so learned something today. I know. I really like that fact, though. Is that, that's why I find beef jerky suddenly becomes more interesting because it's like, ah, oh, we're using a word that doesn't from a society that doesn't exist anymore in in like 
I don't want to say serious terms, but it doesn't exist in the way that it used to. Mm-hmm. Probably the best way of putting it. Mm-hmm. A long forgotten empire, and they're still giving us things today. Yep. Beef jerky. I love beef jerky. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> want to thank you all for joining us today hopefully we didn't make you too hungry talking about all of our favorite savory snacks from a bunch of different places that we've lived um if you enjoyed definitely leave us a comment or a review anywhere that you are listening to our podcast um we absolutely love rating them and if you want to reach out to us we are on twitter at passport n-e-c-e-s-s-1 so passport nese1 um, that is what we got, and that's what we're rolling with. Um, but I do yeah. want to thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Bye, Marcus. Bye. <laughs>